Well, I've told you before that I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. I was born on a Sunday, and my parents took me to church the next Sunday, and I have been in church nearly every Sunday of my life since then. And um, we didn't just go to Sunday school or to church services. We hung out at the church. My mom actively served at our church, uh, quite often folding bulletins or newsletters and working in the office. And so we would hang out when she was there, sometimes with other uh, children of volunteers, and we would play in the church building. And uh, I remember one time in particular we were there. Uh, the church building that I grew up in was an old mansion that had been converted into a church. And we often, my brother and sister and I and our friends, we would play a game called Squish. Now, if you've never played Squish, it's kind of like hide-and-seek, but just one person hides. And then everybody goes and looks for that one person, and when you find them, you squish into the hiding place that they're in. So this one particular time, I was the one hiding, and I went and I found a closet, what used to be a bedroom closet in that old mansion, and I opened the door, and there was this shelf up there. It was kind of a triangle-shaped closet. I climbed up on that shelf and all the way to the back of that shelf, and I hid there. It took them a while to find me, but then one person found me, and uh, he climbed up on the shelf and uh, climbed back where I was, and then uh, another person found me, and she climbed back on that shelf, and pretty soon there were lots of people looking, and when the fourth person came and climbed up on that shelf, it collapsed, and we all fell to the floor, and adults came running to see what was going on, and um, it was lots of fun. We had so much fun. But if you grew up in church, you probably have some memories, some good ones, maybe some not so good ones. But if you grew up in church like I did, you may have sung Sunday school songs. Songs like Deep and Wide and Jesus Loves Me. Songs like I'm in the Lord's Army. That was in the days when song motions that shot at things was an okay thing, I guess. And, Maybe Climb, Climb Up Sunshine Mountain. That one I'm not sure was that great of a song. It kind of makes me go, hmm, now. Now maybe some in our kindergarten or our preschool classes still sing these. But the reason I'm telling you about them is when I was preparing this message, I remembered a Sunday school song. I remembered a Sunday school song. And since Pastor Bill sang badly for you last week, I thought I could sing badly for you this week if that'd be okay. Here's how the song went. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above, and he's looking down with love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. <laughs> Bill's going to hate you because you didn't applaud him last week. <laughs> And two services out of three have applauded me. Just saying. <laughs> oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Such a simple, childish song with really wise words. It's a really wise song. I mean, what we, can, what we see can affect 
so many things in our life. I mean, some of you have seen horrible and hurtful things and you just can't get that image out of your mind. And it still affects you today. Other people choose to bring up images on their computers and their devices that are harmful and uh, hurtful to them and they focus on those. And honestly, sometimes there are just so many things crying out for our attention, crying out for us to focus on them that it's hard to know where to put our focus. But we want to spend the rest of the year trying to put our focus in the right place. Today we're starting a new series called 2020 Vision, Focused Faith. And I'm going to introduce our 2020 theme. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. We're two months into 2020. Yes, we are. We had some really important things to talk about. So we're just getting to this. But our theme for the year is Focused Faith. We thought since the year is 2020, We should make our theme about gaining a 2020 vision of what Jesus wants for each of us. All year long, we're going to encourage you to see God's vision for your life and the next steps that he wants you to take. We will be encouraging you to set a personal vision for your life, to let Jesus strengthen and deepen and perfect your faith as he leads you in new ways. Our theme verse for the rest of the year comes from Hebrews chapter 12, the first part of verse 2. It says this, we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. If we're going to be careful what our little eyes see, it will be wise for us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to stay focused on him. And the passage tells us why. He leads us, and it is Jesus who makes our faith complete. This week and next, I want to focus on what it means to let him lead us and what it means for him to make our faith complete as we keep our focus on him. Today, we want to talk about that first part. We are to keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us. He leads us. And the passage just simply puts it out there. If we're followers of Jesus, then Jesus is leading us. He's leading us. And Jesus leading us reveals two truths that we sometimes forget. The first truth is this. We're not alone. We are not alone. Sometimes it seems like we're all alone in our efforts to live out our faith. I mean... It sometimes feels like we're the only one who really is trying to do what God wants done. Sometimes it feels like we're the only one who struggles trying to obey God. And this is a reminder that we're not the only ones. We are not alone. Jesus is with us. Jesus is leading us in this faith journey. He promised that he would never abandon us, that he would never leave us, and so we're not alone. He is with us every step of the way. The second truth that Jesus leading us reveals is that he has somewhere he wants me to go. He has somewhere that he wants us to go. Have you realized it yet? Jesus isn't just trying to hang out with you where you currently are. He has some place that he wants to take you. 
He wants to take you someplace, to move you to a different place, to, for you to have a new faith experience. Jesus wants to lead your faith to new levels. He wants to lead your faith to new levels. What today and next week is all about is the fact that Jesus wants to do something new in our lives. He wants to do something new in our lives. He wants us uh, to put our focus completely on him so that he can take us to new places and help us to develop a winning faith, a faith that is focused and powerful and complete. Don't you want that? Don't you want that kind of faith, a faith that's powerful and new and alive and active and interesting? I mean, aren't you tired of just going through the motions spiritually? Aren't you tired of hearing the great things that God is doing in someone else's life when it feels like he's kind of absent from yours? Don't you want a faith that's active and powerful and complete and new and different? Do you want to know the difference between a tired faith and a powerful faith? A tired faith is an oh-by-the-way faith. It's an oh-by-the-way faith. It's a faith that says, you know, I have a problem and I've been trying to solve it and I've done everything I can think of. I've strategized and I've problem-solved and I've manipulated people to try to get my way and I've tried everything that I can to solve this problem and it hasn't worked. So, oh, by the way, maybe I should pray about it. Oh, by the way, maybe I should think about what Jesus would say and do in this situation. But a powerful faith is a faith that is focused every single day, every moment. It's a life that takes into account what Jesus would want to happen each moment of each day. It is that weird faith that we started talking about at the beginning of the year. It is a faith that constantly focuses on Jesus. So let me spend the rest of our time talking to you about how you can begin taking steps to claim a focused faith. First, if you want to have a focused faith, you need to take the risk of being a pioneer. You need to take the risk of being a pioneer. The translation we read earlier of our theme verse from Hebrews 12 2 said that we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. But the word translated as leads us can really be translated several ways. It's kind of a difficult word to bring from the original language into our language. And one of my favorites and one that gives an interesting picture is found in the New International Translation. Here's what it says. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. Now, did you study the pioneers when you were in school? If so, you probably picture something like this when you think of pioneers. Covered wagons going across the plains. and It's kind of a common thing. Growing up in the West, we spent uh, a lot of time in history class uh, on the pioneers that left the East and began what was called the westward expansion of the United States. And even if you didn't study it in school, but you're of a certain age, when you think of pioneers, you may have this picture in your head. 
The TV show Little House on the Prairie introduced us to Ma and Pa Ingalls and their kids. The series ran from 1974 to 1983 and then went into reruns. And it gave us a sense of what life was like on the American frontier as people moved to new lands and established new communities. And some of you who are younger may have watched the show because it's been in reruns for over 45 years now. But what in the world does this verse mean when it says Jesus is the pioneer of our faith? That he's the pioneer of our faith. Well, when you study the word that they are translating, like I say, it's a little difficult. But it seems to mean first to start or first to lead. And that's what we picture when we think of the American pioneers. They were moved into unexplored areas and they left home and moved to these different areas. They literally blazed trails through the wilderness for people who would come after them to follow. And they were often city people. City people who uh, worked in businesses and they sold their homes and they sold their possessions and they moved west and suddenly they had to figure out how to become farmers and ranchers and home builders and uh, barn builders and people can be pioneers in other areas can't they Jackie Robinson was a pioneer for people of color to play in professional sports and Steve Jobs was a pioneer in the computer industry and Walt Disney was a pioneer in the animation business and in theme parks and all of these people were the first to lead they were willing to risk. They were willing to embrace change. So again, what does it mean when we say that Jesus is the pioneer of our faith? Well, it means that he wants to lead us to new territory. And he wants to initiate change in our spiritual life and in our faith. Pretty simply, it means Jesus wants to do something new in your life. Jesus wants to do something new in your life. Jesus wants to lead you as he motivates you to become a pioneer in your faith. And as we move forward in this theme for the year, as you focus on Jesus, you should expect him to lead you to grow and to change and to pioneer new steps and next steps in your faith. The next step Jesus has for you probably will stretch your comfort zone. He wants to take you to new territory. He wants to give you the excitement of a different perspective, a different experience, a different outcome, or a different success. He may want you to do something that you have never, ever done before. Lead a ministry or share your faith or overcome that habit that you've given up on giving up. And to really focus on him, to follow him, you will have to decide... To take the risk of being a pioneer. Now how can you do that? How can you decide to take the risk of being a pioneer? How can you become a pioneer in your faith? Well, you have to offer your life to him. You have to offer your life to him. Look at what it says in Romans 12. So I beg you brothers and sisters. Because of the great mercy God has shown us. Offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him, an offering that is only for God and pleasing to him. Consider, considering what he has done, it is only right that you should worship him in this way. Don't change yourselves to be like the people of this world, but let God change you inside with a new way of thinking. 
then you will be able to understand and accept what God wants for you. You will be able to know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. The passage says we need to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. A sacrifice in the Old Testament was put on the altar, but it was dead. And when it was sacrificed and given to God, it was completely consumed. 100% of it belonged to God. So when I offer myself as a living sacrifice to God, I say to God, you are in total control of my life. You have all of me forever. Every day of my life, I will strive to do what you want me to do, when you want me to do it, how you want me to do it. My opinion, my comfort, my convenience, my rights, none of these things matter. I willingly give them all up for you. So I give myself completely to him. I submit totally to him. And one of the ways the passage says I do that is I stop changing myself to be like the people of the world around me. I stop trying to be like everyone around me and I let God change me inside by changing the way that I think. So what new territory is Jesus trying to get you to take as your next step? I mean, what does he want you to be the first to lead in your faith? I mean, maybe that he wants you to be the first in your family to take the step of baptism. It might be that he wants you to be uh, a pioneer and stretch your comfort zone by volunteering to lead a new growth group or to volunteer to serve in that area that you know you want to serve in, but it scares you to death to think about volunteering. Or for you, a pioneering faith would be accepting maybe the two challenges that we've laid down recently for you. You remember the two challenges? A few weeks ago, I challenged you to test God by giving at least 10% every time you get paid for the next six months to take God up on his challenge and you give that 10% even if you don't think you can afford it and then watch how God blesses you. And then last week, Pastor Bill challenged you to attend a church service every week for the next three months unless you're ill and then watch how Jesus changes your life through that and doing those things will allow Jesus to take you to new places to take you to new places in your faith and to stretch your faith in new ways but it starts by you deciding to take the risk of being a pioneer take the risk of being a pioneer secondly if you want to have a focused faith you need to live your new story live your new story there's another way that that same word is translated in several different translations. Let's look at a, the New American Standard translations. Here's what it says. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. This declares Jesus as the author of our faith. And certainly it has to do with him being the one who wrote our story. The one who originated our faith and our salvation when he gave himself on the cross to pay the price of our sin. But I think it reminds us of something else that's pretty important. And that's this. Jesus wants to help you write a new story. He wants to help you write a new story. And many of you already know you need that. You know you need a new story. 
I'm guessing many in this room are tired of living the story that you're living right now. I mean, you're tired of living the same old lives and having the same old fights with the same old people around you and feeling the same old sadness or the same old anger or the same old disappointment and discouragement. You're tired of struggling with the same old financial problems and the same old addictions and the same old sin problems and the verses and in your notes, but you may be sitting there and you completely understand what it means in 1 Peter when it says you have spent enough time living the way you're living. You've spent enough time living like ungodly people do because you have to admit that the sin that used to seem so fun, that used to seem so exciting, now just brings the same old feelings of guilt, the same old feelings of shame and self-loathing so many of you already know that you need a new story. And if we will let him, Jesus always gives a new story. Always. That's what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's what it says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, when we let him take charge of our faith, he gives us a new way of thinking and that makes us new. The old life is gone if we let Jesus help us write the new story. But here's the problem. We tend to keep moving out of the new story back into our old story. We keep moving out of the new story back into the old story. Years ago, um, the Israeli government tried to help the Bedouin people in their land to settle down. The Bedouin people were nomadic people that would move from place to place. They would set up these big tents and uh, it's kind of fun when you see their tents there in Israel today because they might have a hot water heater on top of the tent. They might have a television antenna there, maybe a satellite dish, you know, it's all sorts of things next to a big tent. But um, the Israeli government tried to help them. And so first they helped them by just gifting them some land. And they assumed that the people, once they owned land, that they would go in there and they would build permanent homes. But instead the Bedouin people just went in and set up their tents and began to live on the land. And so the Israeli government again wanted to help them and uh, help them uh, experience what everybody else in this new land was doing. And so they went in and they built really nice houses for them. I mean really nice houses with three bedrooms and two baths. And some of the Bedouin people were thankful. They moved in and they slept inside but they found that they were all sleeping on mats on the floor in the same room of the house just like they had done in the tents and if they invited you to their home as a guest and they really wanted to honor you they would entertain you not inside that beautiful new house but inside the tent that they had pitched in the yard of their new house you see they had this opportunity for a new life but they kept going back to their old life Here's my point. We belong to Christ. And therefore, we have become new. 
We become new people. The past is gone. A new life has begun. But we keep moving back into the old life. I mean, some of you keep expressing anger in the same way that you did in your old life instead of living your new story. And some of you keep seeking approval from people around you and pushing aside the approval of Jesus instead of living your new story. And some of you make all your decisions based on what you can uh, see and what you can understand and what you can explain instead of living your new story. And some of you continue to allow yourself to be controlled by fear and by worry and by shame and by guilt instead of living your new story. And some are making excuses for... uh, to keep living in the same addictions, the same sin habits they always have instead of living in the new story. Very simply, a focused faith will live your new story. It will live your new story. You'll find a way to put your old life in the past because as the verse says, the past is gone and you will live the adventure every day of living your new story. And your new story can be such a wonderful place to live. Can be such a wonderful place to live. Your new story is a story of knowing that you are fully loved and fully accepted by him. It's a story of you being used in incredible ways to influence others for him as you let God love you and love others through you. It's a story where you show radical trust And obey God in ways you never thought that you could ever obey him. And then you will see him bless you in ways that you never dreamed you could be blessed. Oh, your new story is so much better than your old story. So much better. And when we focus our eyes on Jesus, when we let him be the author of our faith, the author of our new story, he will help us to live a new and a better story every day last if you want a focused faith you need to avoid becoming a settler avoid becoming a settler going back to thinking about the pioneers who explored and expanded our country eventually those people would become settlers the pioneers would become settlers that's what pioneers did they would leave their home and their family and they would fight through the wilderness and they might stay in one place for a while and see if it was a good place but then often they would move on to a different place they might move two or three times but eventually they would build a house And they would plant a farm and they would begin to raise animals or they would work with others to start a little town and they would open a business and they would settle in because that's what pioneers did. And it's a truth that was not a bad thing on the American frontier, but it's a truth that becomes sad when it happens spiritually. The pioneers often become the settlers. I've seen it happen so many times, spiritual pioneers becoming settlers. I think of one of my friends from our ministry in Arizona, Barb and her husband John were spiritual pioneers, they really were. 
About 35 years before I met Barb, they had quit their jobs, they had sold their home, they had packed up their young kids, and they had joined three other uh, families in moving from Colorado to Arizona, and their only reason for doing it was they believed that God wanted to use them to pioneer, to start a new church in the northwest corner of Phoenix, Arizona, and so they did that. They gathered together and they invited people and uh, they started a church and first in a rec center of, their, of the uh, mobile home park they lived in and it eventually outgrew that so they moved to a school and then the church bought this house and uh, they uh, moved into this house and then they outgrew that and they moved back to a school for a time and then eventually they, brought, they bought five acres of land and they built some buildings on that land, and Barb was uh, part of all of that. Hundreds of people had met Jesus, and they had served, and they had worked, and they had given, and they had sacrificed to let Jesus pioneer their faith and pioneer this church. I was called to pastor the church after it had been in existence 35 or 40 years, and it was time for that church to make some changes, and to do some different things, some new things that it hadn't done before to influence people for Jesus. And exciting things began to happen. And people began to come to the church and lives started changing. But there were some people in the church that didn't like the changes. They became very resistant to the changes that needed to happen. And one of them was Barb. You see, Barb had been a spiritual pioneer, but she had become a settler. Sometimes people who were once pioneers in the church become settlers. The settlers no longer create change. They no longer help move things forward. They just sit in the shade and complain. That's what Barb had become. I also think of another woman in one of my past ministries, and she would tell you at length all of the ways that Jesus had changed her life, how he had made her new, how he had rescued her from her sinful past and her painful hurts, and it was an amazing story, and she would tell this story, and you would just see the way that God had worked in her life, and it was a great story, but it was 20 years old. The story was 20 years old and God had done some great things in her life. He had pioneered her faith to help her experience a better life and a new story. But she had become a settler. She didn't seem to know that God still had new territory he wanted her to take. That there were still new things that God wanted to do in her life. Can I just gently say, you probably should examine your life and figure out if you have become a settler, it can happen very, very quickly. Because Jesus really does want to keep doing new things in your life. He wants to do new things in your life. He doesn't want us to stop. He doesn't want us to settle for where we are. Now, how can you know if you're a settler? How can you know if you've become a spiritual settler? Well, you might be sitting there and you might be reacting a little defensively. That might be a sign you might be saying, no, I'm good spiritually. I've always been good spiritually. I'm not a settler. And you might be right. But here's the challenge. Ask yourself, what is different in my life spiritually from a month ago? Or even a year ago? What's different? 
in your spiritual life. Ask yourself, what have I been letting Jesus change and transform in my life? Ask yourself now, how is God actively using me right now in the lives of other people to change their lives for Jesus? Now let me say this gently. If you can't identify any changes that Jesus is making in your life right now, or anyone that he is using you to actively influence towards him right now, most likely you have become a settler. Most likely you have become a settler. Here's a scripture that helps me in this area. It's from Philippians chapter 3. Look at what it says. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go. But there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to a life up there in heaven. Settlers think that they're fine. Settlers think that they have arrived spiritually. They dwell on past spiritual successes. But the pioneering faith that Jesus gives us is when we focus on him, we just keep running hard to become what Jesus wants us to become and to do what Jesus wants us to do. It is so easy to become a settler, to become comfortable sitting in church but not serving listening to messages, but not reading and studying the Bible on your own, to accept and enjoy God's forgiveness while refusing to forgive others who have hurt us, to be a negative voice while not making a positive contribution. All of those things are things that spiritual settlers do. People who have a focused faith, who keep their eyes on Jesus, they don't sit back, they move. So let me say it clearly to you today. Jesus wants to move you forward. Jesus wants to move you forward. If you are in the same place spiritually that you were a year ago or even three months ago, it's time to reclaim the pioneering faith of Jesus and to do what he's asking you to do by taking your next step. And we talk a lot about your next step here at Impact. Whether you wandered in here for the first time and you've never ever been inside a church before and this is your first time with us or whether you've been in church every Sunday for 60 years, we all have a next step. All of us have a next step. If you're brand new to church, your next step might be simply to decide whether you believe what we're talking about. To ask your questions, to see if it makes sense to you. For others of you, your next step might be that uh, you need to go to a starting point and explore being a member here. Or it might be that you need to get counseling or you might need to get help for that addiction. It might be forgiving someone. It might be becoming one of our all-star volunteers. It might be trusting God by giving as he teaches. Your next step could be so many things and your step will be different than my step. But we all have a step. And a pioneering focused faith will move forward. It will move forward. And we want 2020 to be the year that you build your personal vision and you follow Jesus step by step as he helps you live your new story. As he helps you live your new story every day. 
And some of you are thinking, Pastor Steve, I've tried that before. I've tried so many times to get on track with Jesus to follow him fully and and I've failed. You might even think that you have failed spiritually so many times that God has given up on you. That he will never do a new thing in your life because of how many times you've fallen and failed. Now if you feel that way, I want you to hear what the Lord is saying to you today. I want you to hear this verse from Isaiah chapter 43. The Lord says, here's what he's saying to you. Forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing that I'm going to do. It's already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. Don't get stuck in your past failure to live for Jesus. Don't get stuck there. Forget what happened before and look at the new thing that God is wanting to do in your life. Focus forward with a focused faith. Look at the new thing that God is going to do. In fact, the passage says he's already doing it. It's already happening. That might be why you're here today. He might have brought you to this room right now to let you know he's doing a new thing in your life. It's already happening. It's already happening. You just have to let him pioneer your faith. I love that last part. He's making a road in the desert. He's making a way for you through that territory that has always seemed off limits to your faith, that impassable for you in the past. He's making roads right through that desert. And then he's creating rivers in your dry land. Those areas where it seems like you have been dried up in your relationship with Jesus for some time or that you've been in a spiritual drought. He's bringing refreshing water and new life because he has something new for you. May today be the day that you regain your personal vision. The day that you decide that you are going to become a pioneer. You're going to have a pioneering faith. And when you step out, when you claim new territory for him, it will be a great day. Don't settle. Don't settle for what you've always had. Claim the new life. Live the new life. Experience his best. Let's pray.